This episode is brought to you by the official coffee of the Chromecast podcast, Fresh Roasted Coffee, who we've partnered with to make a special edition Chrome Unboxed anniversary blend. Here at Chrome Unboxed, we're not just nerdy about Chromebooks, we're also coffee snobs. And look, we wasted a lot of time hand roasting coffee before we found Fresh Roasted Coffee, and we haven't looked back since. This coffee is roasted fresh to order, immediately packaged, nitrogen flushed and shipped directly to your door. And although we can't officially say that this Chrome Unbox Edition tastes any better than the normal anniversary blend, that is the word around town. But don't just take our word for it. Pick up a bag for yourself and let us know what you think. You can grab a bag over at chromeunbox.com forward slash coffee. Welcome to the Chromecast the official podcast from Chrome Unbox, where we unpack everything from hardware to software in the world of Chrome and Chrome OS so that you can be more informed on all the latest updates, changes, and devices. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Chromecast. My name is Joe Humphrey, and I am joined today, as I always am, by Gabriel Bringers. Hello. And Robbie Payne. Hey, what's up? So it's still it's still Google season. We've got a week. Not even. This time, yeah, no. This Not time this time next week we'll be coming home. Yeah. We'll be home. Yeah, we will. Oh yeah, we will. Yeah. Yeah. yeah we'll we re, we re, we record these on Thursday, so we'll be coming back next Thursday. We get a couple days no, in New we'll York. Come back Wednesday, bro. Oh my gosh. Are you staying an extra day? Woo. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I said. Okay. Yeah, that's what yeah, I said. We'll be, we'll be home and cooking. Like, we will. We'll be, we'll be recording this. Because we're flying. Post I forget. The, I forget the, uh, yeah, the event is on Tuesday. Yeah, so we'll be coming home Wednesday. The 15th. Yeah, we'll be and home. We're, we're going to we'll be having lunch at home by that's Wednesday. That's right. We're going to be going up on Monday. That's what I always forget. We're going up on Monday, and we'll come back on Wednesday. If, if you're not already, make sure to um, check us out on social media. We're going to be posting some fun behind the scenes, and if I feel uh, frisky, I'll edit together some cool little kind of vlog style stuff of us at the event and hanging around in New York. Honestly, I mean, other than the event, we're mainly just going to get some Fluffy's pizza and drink uh, blue a, bottle. And a, uh, well, 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 last we'll time, places, but I'm, I'm, last time I want we more blue bottle last time, uh, last time I think we hit up, I'd have to go back and look at the video. I think it was five different coffee shops in one yeah, day probably. Yeah. because these guys, for, for those of you that don't know, Chrome Unboxed is uh, very much so powered by coffee. Yes. Um, at, at Robbie's uh, Robbie's last job, it literally said "coffee snob" on his business card. On my card. Yeah. Yeah. It it's it's a typical Robbie Payne thing. He he evangelizes. So it started as co- uh, I came in. I was like, oh, I've never even had an AeroPress. And then Robbie's like, oh, all right. Well, you got to do this. You got to do this. And then it and then it progressed to espresso, and we roast our own beans. But you you had some working knowledge of espresso from sure. your time in Italy that sure. helped inform, like because I, yeah, I yeah, wasn't yeah. really into the whole espresso, espresso thing was, was much nice, at all. Yeah. Like I was a little intimidated. Like I was, I knew every way to brew coffee, all yeah. of them. Yeah. Like clever brewer, pour overs, Aeropress, Chemex, you know, regular old coffee pots. Yeah. But you know, like I tried just about everything to get that like perfect cup of coffee, and we were already roasting coffee at the time. Um, so yeah, I remember getting a. An email from a reader one time, and they said something about like, "Are you one of those coffee snobs? Like, you know, you go to Starbucks and get a 
frappuccino with extra caramel flavor and call yourself a coffee snob i'm like no let me lay this out oh, for no. you man oh no let me no, let me set the record straight beyond that. that is that is not at all the case when i say i'm a coffee snob like yeah. it's it's gone deep like the only level i could go deeper at this point would be if our climate in kentucky could support growing growing coffee yeah. beans and it cannot yeah. unfortunately yeah. if it could i would absolutely grow my own coffee yeah 100 percent. but but uh but yeah so we'll we'll be checking out all the coffee shops in new york and they've got a lot to offer oh man so many they've got ones. a lot to offer but especially like, right there in manhattan blue I mean, bottle was awesome what was that one shop we went to that was well we went to the, we went to columbia or whatever yeah columbia uh, columbia was, that was, was great they had the their nitro and uh, best cortado i've ever yeah had. But gosh, there was like three others that we that we checked out. But well, anyhow, funny, like to me, the one that stands out still is, is Blue Bottle. I just I love that place. I yeah. Really well, you know, we had we had we had hit it up uh, out in San Francisco, mm-hmm. and uh, it was a little like walk up shop type thing, which was really cool. Um, that's kind of similar to some of the things you would see in in Italy, and uh, and then we get to New York, and they're like all over New York too. So that was it was fun. So yeah, we'll be uh, we'll be checking out all the coffee. Obviously, we'll be yes. We'll be posting about the event as well. So follow us online at yeah, Chromebooks. Yeah, a little bit, yeah, know, a little bit of the event. I mean, there might be like a new Chromebook or something. I'm not sure yet. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> if we show up and there's no Chromebook, I'm gonna lose my mind. Nah, you won't be that sad. You'll just go get some more coffee and <sighs> yeah, enjoy New York City. That is very true. And Let's get some fluffies. Yeah, but it looks like yeah, we're gonna we're gonna have all sorts of things to talk. Yeah, about. And, and I think for this for this year. We, we may do a quick little short video on the phone, uh, but I, I think we might actually take our time and, and review the Pixel 4. Uh, I this think year. it deserves it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think anything that's made by Google is in the in the wheelhouse for us, and we've kind of ignored. We didn't like an unboxing. Or, no, I you think did I did unboxing. something of like the Pixel yeah. phone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's that was before. Not, that was before. not worth watching. <laughs> <laughs> no, I actually, I actually went back and watched it uh, not long ago. Actually, I was digging through old videos, yeah. looking for something for another video we did, and came across that. And I was like, "Wow, we unboxed the the Pixel, the OG Pixel." Yeah, it's actually a cool little video. Yeah, you should so, go check it out. <laughs> yeah, um, so it's, it's on the interwebs. I don't, I don't think that we'll go, you know, full in and be reviewing Android phones anytime soon. But I think the Pixel phones but the, are, but the made by Google one is yeah. important. And some other important phones, maybe like as as these OnePlus phones grow in uh, their notoriety, and um, you know the ones I think that are important to the ecosystem a little to bit. Android yeah. and and how they the how are, they work with Chromebooks and how yeah. Android is getting more connected. Let's just say it: the ones that are important to us. That's true. I mean, let's be I mean, honest. it's fair. Yeah, it like I, I just don't see a future where I'm reviewing Samsung phones. No, no. For instance. might throw a OnePlus in there, maybe. Yeah, because I mean they they are as just about as close to the Pixel line as you can get outside of the Google made mm-hmm. devices. Yeah. I mean they get the updates almost did, instantaneously. What, what, they were in the beta did, program this last time didn't around. Didn't they get? Like, uh, they got ten like before. I mean, like they were one of the first to get ten. Oh yeah, right? it was a yeah. couple of days yeah. after well, the Pixel. Well, if you weren't on T-Mobile. Yeah, oh. the T-Mobile ones. <laughs> Gabe's like, uh, yeah, carriers <laughs> carriers screw everything up. I'm not but mad. They just do. Yeah. You still do not have it, or you do? I'm worried that, okay, so they have dropped the OnePlus 7 from their store. They will be selling the 7T, and generally on their support page, they have a timeline of when the update will come. It's not even listed. 
Not good. Mm. And I tweeted, I tweeted out at them and haven't got a response, which is weird because usually their support team will respond and say, hey, you know, and they give you the whole canned response about, yeah, whoa, well, we test these, blah, blah, blah. Bizarro. Not a word. Yeah, that's weird. I mean, I could, I can, I could sideload it if I wanted to, but uh, it's just weird. I can't believe they would, because when did this come out? Five, six? Not even that Four long months ago. ago? Yeah, four months maybe. For T-Mobile to dro- drop it and not push 10 that's weird yeah that's i'll be a little mad that's odd uh yeah uh but yeah i mean we i I think the i think the pixel 4 definitely gonna do a hands-on for sure so so, we've got pixel buds highly interested in well and that's an interesting one i mean there's just yeah let's 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 dig into that that the pixel buds real quick because um we talked about um, we talked about those in in the in the podcast last week and said you know hey look if they if google puts out um, some headphones, they've got to be wireless. They have to be fully wireless. Like they need to be comparable to what, you know, everyone else is doing right now. Right. Because right? It's, yeah, it's like, not just, they can't put out another wired headphone yeah, and be like, the, here they are. When like, the pixel buds came out originally, AirPods were new. Um, people were still in the mode of making fun of people that wore AirPods. Like, oh, it looks like you got a Q-tip hanging out of your ear. And whatever. Now everyone and now them. still in that Apple, mode. Personally, <laughs> Apple's created, you know, a, a fashion statement and, so it's very normal to see lots of people wearing AirPods. I have AirPods, you know, like they're not they're not strange and honestly they they don't carry a lot of features but they just work. Yep. They're they're good wireless earbuds. They just do yeah. what they're supposed to do. Um, but because they're made by Apple, they're made for Apple's ecosystem and so they work way better with an iPad yeah, like for the instance, they should. And everything, yeah. yeah, and and they have like that that Bluetooth pass through thing that's you know uh, you pair it up with your iPad and then when you open your Mac up, it's going to be like, hey, would you like to switch to these too? You don't have to pair it up again; it just carries and, it and through. That's, and, and that's something that you have found some evidence of. Yeah, it's coming, coming to it's coming to Chromebooks, to Chromebooks uh, for and, sure. And, and, and so everything, I think yeah. we talked about last week we, that I, we did. It's, it's likely we'll see that. Uh, we don't have any proof that we'll see that for sure, but it would make sense with the Pixelbook Go and the new um, Pixel Buds for them to use that to debut that new feature to be like, hey, this is whether it's coming or it's it'll be available in the next update, whatever. Um, so, I mean, there's some there's some reasons to be excited about it, but the whole point is, you know, when when the Pixel Buds first came out, AirPods were new. This was a new concept. There weren't a ton of people doing it. But we fast forward today, go hop on Amazon and look for truly wireless earbuds and have fun sorting through everywhere. the madness. I well, mean, you guys, you guys have insane. these sound, these sound peats that are sound what, beats. like 30 bucks or $30. something. You can get them for 30 yeah. or like 28. I, I, I went premium on mine and spent 34 of course you did. to get the white ones <laughs> white i like i like white earbuds yeah um that's probably a like a, a subconscious thing from what the airpods have done to my brain yeah. um anyway so yeah the the wireless earbud game is right. flourishing to say the least you know apple came in did what they needed to do and everybody and their brothers stoked, making them and they trying to the fire yeah, yeah trying to catch sure. up and and i think they didn't iterate nearly enough with airpods too they, they've left the window open for other people to come in and compete like even for ios users yes the airpods are going to be the easiest to use but if you actually want good sound quality if you want noise canceling if you want something that can fit in multiple people's ears because a lot of people can't wear airpods they either fall out or they don't fit in their ear like I happen to be one of the people that they fit perfectly in my yeah. ear, and that's why I like them. But 
their sound dampening and, and uh, cancellation is the worst among almost any earphone I've ever worn. Uh, so if you're anywhere that there's any noise, they just they're out the window. So uh, I think there's a lot of room for something better, right? Um, something that's going to work better. And for me, as an Android and Chrome OS user, clearly something that's in Google's ecosystem is pretty attractive to me. And so that's that's why I'm extremely excited about the the Pixel Buds, especially because with everybody making them now at a reasonable price. I think Google can offer something really awesome. And I think they're going to need to with um, Amazon's gotten in this game too. So the Echo, uh, Echo Buds? Echo, Echo Pod, Pods? Pods. Buds. Yeah. But they, you know, they worked with Bose. Yeah, they got yeah, yeah, Bose's yeah. noise canceling going on in those. And they'll, they'll work with Google Assistant too. They don't just do Alexa stuff. So, you know, if my thought is if, if these ones from Google don't kind of make sense and do what I want them to do, I'll either keep rocking my sound peats or, you know, I'd like something with a few more features on the earbud and I'd like something that works uh, just a little better between devices and get some of those new codecs, you know, some of the new like aptX and stuff. And there's new head earbuds coming out with Qualcomm's new chipsets yeah. and they, they greatly reduce lag and, and, and all this kind of stuff. And that's where like, like some of the pairing stuff comes yeah, in. Like yeah. when, when you've got a, a processor actually in the little yeah. bud somewhere, you know. Yeah. And so some of that stuff is going to be like, they're already starting to come out. So if Google doesn't deliver something that is kind of exceptional here, uh, they're just going to get drowned out by not just AirPods, but by the, the, the massive amount of other earbuds that are out there that are probably going to be a lot cheaper. Let's be honest. I mean, Google's probably not going to price these like rock Sound bottom. Beats. <laughs> they're going to be a hundred, $120, something like yeah. that. They, they have to, obviously they have to compete with AirPods. Like, if you're going to sell premium wireless earbuds, you've got to think through that unless you're Microsoft and then you put, you know, the discs in people's ears and charge $250 for them. So weird. Cause you need trackpads in your face, you know? Right. Um, but so, so speaking of that, um, speaking, speaking of how to interact with these things, uh, there was a tweet months, months ago. Gosh, when, when did the tweet come out by Hiroshi? February. So Hiroshi Lockheimer, who, um, for those of you who don't know, this guy's he he's got his he, he's, he's all a, over the place. He's a big deal. Yeah, he's all over the place. He's I don't know all of his titles. He has like five of them. Um, um, he is VP over. Um, did I put it in here? Yeah, yeah, yeah there we I go. Think he did. Yeah. He is VP over Android, Chrome, Chrome OS, Play, Comms. So any kind of communication, messaging apps, I'm assuming, and photos. So yeah. almost all of Google's big things, he's the direct vice president over that. He sits directly under. Yeah, Sundar, and he's so, he's sitting in meetings and providing input, and so he put yeah. out a tweet that came out. Te- what was it? Was yeah, it like February twenty uh, fourth, and here's what he put. And the only reason it came to my attention was Dieter Bone, um, which I found out uh, looking up Dieter's uh, credentials. He is now the. Let me look this up. Let me look this up. Get it right. He is the. Oh, I didn't put it. Did I not put it in here? I thought I put it in my article. Um. Hold on. I did. Hold, I know I did. Give me hold a second. On. Hold. Uh, Control it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, gosh, Dieter's there. There we go. Yeah. Um, dang it. No, I didn't write it in there. I want to say he's like uh, executive, like chief executive editor, editor or something. Yeah. Like he's you know, like top notch at The Verge now, which is good for him. Uh, we love his videos and, and articles and all that kind of stuff. Anyway, so he retweeted this. With just the uh, you know like the curious the the hand under your chin emoji a little thinking you know, person like, oh, hmm, oh. what's this so he just retweeted this and just put that emoji and that's it 
And you've got to think, Dieter, there's a good chance, I would say 95% chance, that all of the things from Google's event that we're going to see next week, The Verge already has. All of them. Yeah. The last few years, we they go into the event, we walk out of the event, our feeds are filled up with all of Dieter's articles yeah, where and he videos. Been, he, had, he had gone to San Francisco yeah, last year. for the, the slate. Yeah, and did hands on in yeah. Mountain View, and with the year it. before that, remember he had the review where he was sitting like on a back porch with the Pixel Book, like clearly had spent right time with this, had articles written. He covered the entire Google event last year by himself, um, so everything that was announced, he had an article and um, I think a video for almost everything that dropped the minute the the show was over, and so it stands to reason that he's had this stuff for probably at least a week, if not a couple, and so him. If it would have just been anybody, I'd have been like, eh, maybe this could be leading to something. Why are they the retweeting fact that Dieter that? retweeted that and just kind of like, a, huh, I wonder what this is. And here's exactly what Hiroshi's tweet from February said. Wish list for the perfect pair of truly wireless buds, which it's nice. He said truly wireless. It means we're not going to have a connector piece between the two because that's just super lame. Um, great sound quality. Latest codec. So that aptX stuff I was talking about. All that stuff just serves to make Bluetooth have low latency uh, across gaming, videos, music. 10 plus hours before needing a charge. So that's 10 hours in ear is what I, the way I read that. Uh, could mean with case. Who knows? Um, a case that fits tight in pockets. That's important because a lot of these cheaper Bluetooths, their battery charging cases, as cool as they are, they're not great for a pocket. You know, AirPods win that most times over any other uh, wireless earbud. You can just slide them in your pocket. It's no big deal. Um, so that's that's a huge win. USB Type-C, massive win. I hate getting a lightning cable out to charge my AirPods. It's annoying. Uh, sweat-proof for workouts. AirPods are not that. If I'm, nope. I think I'm right. Um, I mean, people work out in them, yeah, but I don't think so. They're, probably IP67 like yeah. or something like that. That right. kind of rating is what he's talking about here. Intuitive tactile buttons. Um, I would hope for just touch, but if the buttons were light enough where you didn't have to jam the earbud in your ear, having a clicky button is kind of nice because you know you've hit it versus hoping and poking at your ear. And like, I'll double tap my AirPods a lot of times to stop them and they don't stop. And I'm like, did I click it? I don't, you know, and I'm, so I'm sitting there poking my face. Yep. Um, so that that's a nice thing on the list. And then auto mutes when someone is talking to me. This is the, the clincher here. This is what told me he's not just like, huh, here's some stuff I'd like in my next in right. earbuds. Like this was a clear like, huh, these are cool. These are cool features. Wouldn't you, be, wouldn't you like if your, your earbuds did this? Because nobody makes an earbud that auto mutes when right. someone is talking to them. Like I don't even know how it would know that that's a thing. Like how does it differentiate that from an announcement or maybe it doesn't, I don't know who knows, but that sounds like an awfully googly assistant thing to ask for in an earbud to me. Um, and so all of that with Dieter retweeting it with this proximity to the event. Yeah. I'm pretty sure we're looking at a feature set for the pixel buds too. Yeah. Cause rewind to when he tweeted that probably saw it in my feed to be honest with you. But at that point in time, I figured he was just frustrated with whatever headphones he was using i mean yeah i mean like yeah had you scrolled through that in your twitter feed you'd be like "Uh uh-huh whatever (laughs) yeah he's just he's just blowing off steam about being aggravated you know and i I don't think that's the case at all i didn't i never saw this tweet and i follow him but i mean twitter's twitter it's gonna curate stuff and so certain things just fly under the radar and if you look at the comments uh there's actually quite a few more comments it looks like oh i'm Uh, sure 
There's 89 now. I think there was like 25 back in the day. But most of these comments, February, February, okay. So all of a sudden, October 6th start, um, and people are now commenting on it anew, mainly because of Dieter's retweet of it. Um, And people are just like, and made by Google? Oh, I was thinking exactly this. Uh, Can do this. And they're adding all sorts of other features they would like to see. So... Most people are looking at this and kind of oblivious a little bit, honestly. Um, uh, let see. Templates are to it. Sounds like you need the all new folding buds. <laughs> wow. <laughs> uh, what about, this is going to sound wrong, rollable buds. Rollable. <laughs> <laughs> the one hand rollable. Bud. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> and of course, people are just throwing in all kinds of stuff. But there's been tons of stuff on here where people are asking, you know, what it comes down to is as long as they look good and they sound really good, um, I would love if they would have some sort of sound isolation or something. Uh, Joe and I were talking this week. Like, I don't know that the tech exists to have open ear earbuds like the, like AirPods or some of the other ones that we're seeing coming out. If there's, if there's technology that even exists to be able to let in some outside sound and still provide noise cancellation. I don't even know if it, it's yeah, possible. I, I don't know. I mean, if, I th- you, if you think of any noise canceling earphone, like the in ear buds are always the sealed ones, and then the bows that Joe's ha- Joe has on his head right now, they they're over ears, so they seal. Um, so I think you have to create a seal at least a bit to keep some of that outside noise. Right? Because out. I, I think about like really high end hearing aids because my dad has had to get some new ones, new ones recently. And I mean, you're talking thousands of dollars for things. And the way that they work is they seal the ear canal and then they manage which yeah. noise comes yeah. in and which Amplify doesn't. And yeah. So I, I think that's, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't think that's a possibility with yeah. ones that don't completely go into your ear canal, but who knows? And so, honestly, they, they make ones that are very comfortable. Like my sound peats are, are pretty darn good. I can wear them for pretty long periods of time. And so, you know, I think paying some specific, specific attention to that part, like how it, what are the materials made of, of the piece right. that goes in your ear and being sensitive to the fact that there's multiple sizes and, you know, and not making them weigh a ton so that they don't pull on your ear canals. Like all of those things can be in place. And ultimately, if you just provide that type of earbud, the noise cancellation is a cool add on, but right. it's not necessary. Like my sound peats, um, they hold out enough sound that oh, yeah. I don't have to crank the music up past about 30% and I can't hear anything outside of it. But with that, they don't have this and I'd like it. They don't have any sort of sound pass through. So I would love a, an ability to click a button yeah. or something that when someone is talking to me, it would activate the outside microphones and allow like the, the Sony's do. Yeah. And the yeah. Bose QC's do it. Oh, the new um, ones do. So like if you mm. take, no, the ones you got on your head oh, will really? do it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the ones you're wearing. They're, uh, when you're in a phone call, they actually turn the ambient sound canceling mic on and instead of using it to cancel sound, they use it to just bring in ambient noise. So as soon as you answer a call with them on your head, you can talk, and it doesn't sound perfect. You don't, yeah, but you but don't sound like your head in a bucket, yes. which is the worst. Or, or you're yeah, like talking really worst. loud, like, "Yeah, I'm here. <laughs> yeah. Huh? What was that?" Yeah, everyone, so, everyone in here is <laughs> looking at me for some reason. I don't know why. And the only times you really like, I would like to have a, a set of earbuds that I could do a couple things with. One, call up that kind of ambient sound when I want it. So I think for people in cities, it makes a lot of sense um, while you're walking in a crowded area or there's high traffic or something like that to be able to queue up that ambient noise is a safety thing. 
Like I, you don't want to fully drown out everything all the time. There are times when it's like, now you need to be able to be aware of what's going on around right. you. And so there's benefit in that. But the minute I want it completely, I'm safe somewhere sitting or whatever. And I want to crank it back up and let me turn it back to the point where I, it's canceled everything out. So I, I think that's important, but also the ability for it to do it. Like when I call on the assistant, you know, I, Anytime I'm going to be using my voice, I don't want to sound like I've got my fingers stuck in my ear because it's really hard to talk mm-hmm. like clearly that way. Um, and so I, I think those if it can if it can do those things, it can look decent. Like they don't have to look amazing, you know. Just don't look stupid, Microsoft. Uh, you know, and have a good. You know, they don't have to have audio file sound. Just sound good just sound have a good sound yeah, to I mean, you because sound piece cool and tricks. a million other people have proven that you can get good quality sound out of 30 dollars headphones that much. Yep. i mean and the price needs to be re- reasonable like yeah. they can't charge 200 dollars for them are the are the airpods like hovering around 100 bucks right now no two 200 yeah for the newest ones yeah they yeah, have the okay. wireless charging okay. case and stuff. okay you can get the first gen ones or i think you can buy airpods to without a charging case for like 130 140 okay like i think i maybe i just i was over at target the other day and i think i saw there was maybe some clearance ones or something some older ones they were trying yeah, to get they might be of. getting rid of the gen one yeah. which they didn't really update much to be honest i mean right you can and from what i understand you can get the wireless charging case and put your gen ones in there it's not like they changed them. sure it's just the um, case yeah yeah so interesting i mean while we're making the perfect earbuds we might as well put like project solely in them too Oh that that could activate all of your noise canceling uh, and all your speech mode and everything. Yeah. Fingers just, together, hey. turning that does yeah. your volume. Yeah, you know, flicks up and down. Do this and but but Hiroshi said tactile buttons. Yeah, I so. know. Yeah, yeah. We'll see. Not not in this version. <laughs> down the road. Down the road. Man. You got to yeah. think Gen the hardware that would just, be required. Oh man. <laughs> yeah. Microsoft could probably fit it in there. Oh probably. yeah. They've got like a Core i five in there. That's, <laughs> yeah, that's exactly. great. Like fanned. <laughs> so I just I just want to know where uh, where Hiroshi's. Um, wish list quote i'm doing quotes around his wish list where's his wish list uh, for the pixel watch because now because oh, yeah. now we're getting rumors there's going to be a pixel watch one if, rumor i swear so, if, if like, they bring a pixel watch like yeah, i just and it was bought, a rumor that watch, i just bought the yeah, fossil yeah. gen 5 then it's going to happen i'll yeah. return but I'll, it was I'll a rumor it. inside it's, of a rumor. it's going to happen yeah. I will, that wasn't the big news the big news was the 5g pixel and then they're like oh yeah and by the oh, way by the way there's a small watch I think like, the good on watch Google is if, bigger news than the 5G pixel. Absolutely, good on Google if they manage to keep this under wraps. If it's a real thing, I'm calling BS. Uh, me too. <laughs> Be honest. I, I just am. Like some of these other sources have too much insider info. The yeah. fact that it hadn't come out till now, uh, and it's a kind of reputable source, but not really. And so I don't know. I, I'm not holding my breath for it. I really hope they do. I do because Wear OS needs some help. It just needs it yeah, needs help. I've been um, I've, I've been in it for the long haul here, and it hasn't gotten well, much have you, better. Have you seen all the uh, reviews of Samsung's new uh, yeah, Active, Active yeah. too? Yeah. So everyone's they're like, it's not the best watch in the world, but it's by far the best watch for Android users, and it doesn't run Wear OS, and it's made by Samsung, and so like. The fact that that's the state we're in right now, like the best thing you can get as an Android user for, as a watch is one that's made, like no knock against Samsung. They make some pretty cool hardware, but Samsung makes stuff for Samsung. Like that's that's their shtick, you know? They, they're, yes, the Samsung Wear watches technically work with iOS and Android. And like Dieter balked a little bit because he's like, well, I had to install three apps to, you know, fully use it. I'm like, well, yeah, I mean, if, 
if you looked at the number of things, the ways that the the Apple Watch integrates with iOS, yeah, you don't have to install those apps, but those apps are on your phone out of the gate. So that's not because really, it's all that's in the ecosystem, fair. right? Yeah, and I, exactly. I don't think that's a fair thing. Like, so I don't I don't blame Samsung at all for saying, hey, if you want to track your health with this thing, you're going to have to have Samsung Health. Mm-hmm. If you're going to track your whatever or do something with this, like you got to have these apps to do. Like that's that's normal. I mean, yeah, for Fit my Fitbit, I only put one app on it, but you know, Fitbits are pretty straightforward. They're not doing a whole lot. So, um, you know, it's it's got my attention a little bit. That new Samsung watch does, but the fact that that's the best we can get right now tells you all you need to know about Wear OS as a yeah. platform and how it's it's. I think it's maybe on the cutting block. If something doesn't happen and I can't, there's no way I can believe that Google doesn't see it that way. It doesn't think that doesn't understand that. Um, and so it's one of two things. Either they're like, eh, whatever. If it dies, it dies or they need to step in and fix it. You know, I I just don't see a situation where they, they are unaware somehow of what's going on. Like clearly, you know, what's up. Like this thing is terrible. No one's building chipsets that work for it. Like, well, they did the whole partnership with with LG back when they put out that watch, and it was just. That, well, I'm somebody you, in the office had it. It was atrocious. That was phoning that it thing. in. That was oh we were going to make a Pixel man. watch, and then we kind of didn't. We couldn't figure out how to do it, and so we just passed on what where we were to LG and said, "Do you want this?" And they said, "Yeah, sure, we'll take it." And they got it limping past the finish line, basically to ship. That and, that's and what the, happened with I that. I mean, it's yeah. So it's hardware and garbage. software. Software wasn't good. No, hardware, hardware was half baked. Hardware is just a big clunky. Oh man, it was worse. I mean, I'm I'm wearing my my Huawei right now, and it's not the thinnest thing in the world. No, but it at least fits well on the wrist. Like it, you know, kind of conforms around my wrist. And I've got I've got little small dainty wrists. So dainty. Uh, <laughs> so you know, I don't know. I, I'm I'm excited to get I'm, my my fossil should be in today. So I, I'm excited I mean, to try it. Look it. Great. I've tried it on. I've worn it uh, over at one of their stores uh, here in town, and. It, it for me, it's like oh, it looks cool. Um, it's got a metal case on it. It it's gonna run, you know, crappy Wear OS, and I'm just gonna deal with it. <laughs> well, because for the is, things like, I've like, I've adjusted my my use case for it. You know, it's like I don't expect Wear OS to do all these fancy things. Like, can I go for a run and will it track my run? Can I get my notifications and not have to pick up my phone all the time when I'm sitting at the desk? Or if I'm walking around, it's in my pocket. Yeah, all right, that's cool. It's good for me. Right. And that sucks. That <laughs> right. sucks that instead of going like, what else could we do with this? Yeah. Especially when you see like more and more people having an Apple Watch. I see them all the time, and I look, and I'm just like, it, it, the disparity is so ridiculous. Like it's just so ridiculous. It's it's sad, um, but it's not going to get fixed. I don't think unless Google gets involved. Oh no, they're they, um, they're going to have to. They're we have we to. talked about this. Um, last week on the podcast this idea of google being the trendsetter the whole nexus we actually we've got a video coming out with this exact thing in mind like with pixelbook go it being like more of a pixel mentality versus a nexus mentality like google is and all these areas had to be like we're the trendsetter we're setting the bar and now with phones they don't have to because i mean god i mean they're great android phones great ones i mean gabe's holding one right now the you know one plus continues to push Asus is doing cool stuff, Oppo and Huawei, and I mean, just one after another after another, just making really cool things and trying new stuff, and Samsung keeps, you know, innovating different things. They, they don't need to set those trends anymore. They need to in the watch space. Like, the watch space needs Google to show up, and I, even though I don't think this rumor is true, 
I hope it is because they, I mean, they, like in, in, in compared to phones and laptops and ta- all of it, any hardware, there's never been a case where Google needs to show up and save its ecosystem with a piece of hardware like the Pixel Watch could do. And I just, I, I hope they do. And, and that's the thing. It's just, it's to the point now that unless a Samsung made the move over or Google else, yeah. really truly committed to it, it's so far behind. I don't yeah. know that. It's getting to the point where it's going to be too late, and you just can't well, abandon it. And the fact that Samsung had left Wear OS in the dust a long time ago speaks volumes tells you, to tells it. You something right. about the software. Yeah. I agree. I think Samsung could fix it too if they chose to. If Google, if Google doesn't want to do it, like get Samsung on board. And the reason I say that is Samsung has spent, excuse me, Samsung has spent a ton of time like honing their hardware to work with their software, and so. I don't even know what chip is in some of their new watches, to be honest with you. But Samsung deals with their, they make their own ARM processors. So all the Exynos line and stuff, all that stuff exists outside of the need for Qualcomm. And that's the problem with the industry right now with smartwatches. Everyone's waiting on Qualcomm to make a new I mean, you know, piece that, of chipset that'll work in Wear OS. And I don't, apparently they're just not really interested. Yeah, the 3100 that's in this watch that I'm getting. It, it, uh, it's it, not it's good better. <laughs> you know, it's like, it's better. And they like claimed it was going to like fix battery life on Wear OS and it did not. Like Fossil had to do their own thing on top of it. Right. And to so make like, it like extend the battery that's life. That's the biggest issue right now. I mean, clearly because since you don't have the silicon, you don't have the performance you need to push into new boundaries. You don't have anybody interested in the platform. So, I mean, the, the issues compound upon each other, but it all comes back to the fact that there's not a chip made for Wear OS that, that does well. And Apple nope. instead is every year, hey, here's the new chip we have for our watch. Here's the new chip because they control and vertically. all of these things. Yeah. yeah. They, yeah. they control the hardware space vertically. So, you know, the only way Google is going to be able to do that is to partner directly with a chip maker or get someone involved in the process like Samsung that controls that same vertical that, that Apple does. Samsung could do it. I just don't know what it would take for Google to get them interested in Wear OS again over what they're doing with their watches because Samsung doesn't look at it and go, oh, we really want Android or Wear OS or anything else to work. Samsung's looking at for Samsung. And for Samsung, they're like, hey, we, we sell more phones than any other OEM. So all we care about is that our watch works well with our phones. And outside of that, you know, good luck for you. If you want it to work better, buy the two together. I mean, it's the same strategy Apple's doing. So I'm like, I just don't know what Google would be able to offer them to get them on board to do that. And yeah, so it comes it, back to Google, yeah. you've got to step up and fix it or your watch platform's done. And it's like, even if they did, so next week, if they put out a Pixel watch, what, what's it, unless they've like mysteriously been working on all this stuff in the background and no one has found out about it. If they put out a watch and it's got the 3100 in it, it's no dead, go, dead on no arrival. go. It yep. doesn't matter. It doesn't, doesn't it doesn't, it doesn't fix it, you know? Nope. Um, it so could yeah, have great hardware. It could look amazing, but if it has that chip in it, it, yeah, it, they the could, same. they could, like, they could give it more storage and everything. It's like, doesn't matter. Still doesn't matter. Yep. Cause the fossil watch you're getting is, you know, it's got more RAM than any <laughs> other watch. Yeah. So maybe that'll help a little bit, but, and it's going to look great yeah. and it's going to, you know, it's going to do all the exterior things fine, but yeah. the chipset's still the thing that makes you go, eh, yeah. don't know how it's going to perform. So we'll see. Yeah. Google would have we'll to have done just a killer job of keeping it under wraps and man, if come they on. do it, we'll, we they, all, they've been working on it with stadia this whole time. Yeah. yeah. Like, Hey, oh, we're going to wow them. Wow. Them five man, years later. That would be amazing. I don't, 
anticipate it. But I'm not, yeah, <laughs> not not holding my breath. But yeah. ever the pessimist knows? on the Wear OS. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But I, I wear it. I love it. I'm gonna keep it. I'm gonna hold true. But man, uh, yep. Out of curiosity, mm-hmm. I'm just asking this, just off the cuff here. Out of curiosity, with Google services working so well on iPhone at this point, like pretty much anything you can do on an Android phone, you can do on an iPhone apart from some of the tricks now that work between uh, Android phones and Chromebooks. Like that's part of what holds me on still. Mm -hmm. What has kept you because like one of your tech like things that you've been looking for is that, that watch. Well, the Apple watch answers the mail on all of it. Like it's, it's it. So all that is needed then is for you to go get like an iPhone 11 and get the $700 one. It's going to be cheaper than the pixel four. You're probably going to go get what has kept you on this side of the fence at this point? Um, that's a really good question. I don't, I don't, um, I've, I've thought about it. I, I, I if you remember a coworker here in the office had an old oh, yeah. iPhone, I used it for a day or two. Um, I, I think the transition would be made easier because all of the Google services now work so well. Um, but it's still a, ma- it would still be a massive shift. And like, we've talked sure. about this in the office with like getting people to, switch you know we we've we've uh, got a couple folks off of iphone and onto you know pixels and whatnot but um yeah i don't i don't really know it would be a massive shift you know yeah i'd have to I, I know ios works well and it's easy to use but it's it would still be so different than android and i don't know there's just something about i mean we we live and breathe google and android and chrome and all this stuff and it's like there's part of me that would feel like left out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Even yeah, if it's like, sure. it's like the, the benefit of, of being in the know and being able to test things and being able to use, you know, my, my pixel, uh, to, to take great photos and to do all this, like, and also to be, uh, out and about and be the one at a family get together when we're taking photos. I mean, I got this shot of my brother holding up his daughter and he's, I mean, he was literally just kind of throwing her up in the air, like kind of tossing her up, you know, on her hairs. And I literally snagged, just boom, 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 took like six photos all right in a row, portrait mode. They legitimately look like professional photos yeah, that they, they would have went and went and got. And I had that, that time to say, yeah, that was with my Google phone, you know, look at yeah. it, you know? And so there's something about that also, yeah. I think. That, yeah, that and and, I, and I'm, I'm on board with that. Cause I mean, I have the one plus seven. I love it. And Robbie stands over my shoulder when I play PUBG and, and breathes heavy and it's, <laughs> Because it looks 90, great. It's, it's hertz, awesome. Man. But that's coming with the Pixel 4. But there's always been a part of me, anytime we go to an event, whether it's Acer or wherever, where if I pull my phone out, I almost feel like, oh, man, I'm the I'm the Chromebook <laughs> guy. I'm the Google guy that doesn't have a Google phone. And it sure. it's just a mental thing. But you do. You yeah. want to live fully the same right. way Apple people want to have all Apple products. Right. You want to live fully inside of that. And, yeah, so yeah, guess yeah, what I mean, my next phone's going to be? <laughs> yeah. I was just yeah, curious, just just because yeah, like fully, fully bought into it. Like for me, I wear a Fitbit Versa, and you know I've looked at the new Fitbit Versa two because it's got an always on display, and I think that's the only one of the only things that even bothers me about this smartwatch. Uh, and it does all the things I want a smartwatch to do. Like I'm just not looking for all that functionality on my wrist. I, I just some notifications, time, you yeah. know, track exercise. Track. Does it does it do GPS? Uh, it does assisted GPS. Okay. So you have to go with their See, I love that the big on, bulky crappy one. I love the, the I, yeah. Ionic. Yeah. I love I, the untethered GPS because I'm a yeah. runner. Yeah, yeah. So I love that. And so, I'm yeah. not, so I don't care. <laughs> um, <laughs> my exercise consists of walking, so I'm going to have my phone on me when I do so. So, yeah. um, so that's not a huge thing for me. But other than that, it does everything I think most people would need. And so because of that, like 
this works with iPhones or Android. So like, this isn't something pulling me towards an ecosystem at all. Exa- it's, right. And, right, right, and, right. Or if right. I looked at the Samsung thing and was like, Ooh, I really like that. Cause I like the way it looks. It's super thin and like, and it's round. And so like, there's a lot to like about that new watch. And so I'm looking at it going, well, I mean, I could, I could absolutely rock that watch and get a little bit more functionality on my wrist, but I don't care that much about it. Like I, right. for me personally. So there's no real draw to be like, I want to watch so badly that does these things. And if I had it, there's not that one killer feature. I would feel happy about it. There's not that killer feature that you're like, I got to have it for that. You have been like you, you've looked at watches and thought about watches and talked about watches a ton. Sometimes, sometimes too much. And so because of that, that's why I asked the question. Cause for me, it's like, it's not enough of a draw to even think about walking away from pixel phones. Don't get me wrong. The Apple watch is the best in general smartwatch you can buy. Oh yeah, there's no by question. Far. Anybody that questions that or tries to argue yeah. that's foolish. It's, it's You're just fooling yourself. By far the best. And so yeah, I mean, I could, I could, I could try that. I, I don't know. There's been part of me that's like, I could just like experiment with this, but uh, yeah, we're busy. We're doing some other things. I'd rather just, <laughs> I'd true. rather, I'd rather record some podcasts and uh, make some YouTube videos. So um, one other quick thing before we wrap up, and Gabe mentioned it just a moment ago. Uh, are are we are we buying it that there's going to be a 5G pic, Pixel Four? It, it was, was it was a part of that part same, same leak. Right? Yeah, the, it all came from the same. It was some the Asian Nick, tech, Nick, but tech, tech Radar reported it. Yeah, and it was that there's going to be a 5G variant at the event. I don't. I, know. I mean, I, I don't know. Who knows? If, I, yeah, yeah, I mean, it's it's nothing for Google to say. Oh yeah, and we're going to be shipping a 5G version of this. In November. Yeah, I mean, the hardware already supports it. Yeah, it's not that big. Apple did it, right? I mean, and no one cares. I don't think Apple has a 5G. Did they not? I Mm -hmm. thought they did. Well, anyways, anybody that has said anything about 5G, everybody's talking about it, and then they're just like, "Eh, we don't really care. It's not even close to radio. It's so so far from being worthwhile. Because what's the AT&T or 5GE? 5GE is a joke. What is it? What is, I mean, I don't 5G evolution, the next step to 5G. It's it's the same thing as... uh, AT&T's 4G was before they had LTE, the right? HSPA when it was the, yeah. plus, um, and it was a slight improvement over 3G. Yeah, because David Reddick had tweeted the other day. Oh yeah, he was like, "Oh, loving like, these 5GE," and it was like 16 down and five yeah. up, and I'm like, "It's 5GE is okay, <laughs> some small variation of LTE." Gotcha. It's it's I think they, it's AT&T's LTE Advance. Are they Verizon pushing it through LTE. the same towers? Oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's a it's a backhaul change, from what I understand. Yeah. Same so pretty way much the same thing that happened with when we oh, yeah. transitioned to 4G. Yeah, AT&T yeah. did some variation, called it. They called theirs 4G. Yeah, um, which was super misleading. This one, they started calling it 5G at first, yeah. and I now think they it's got 5G. Slapped yeah, with I saw the commercial the other night. They're they're actually saying evolution. Yeah, and now they say 5G evolution, the next step to you know. So they which is slower told, than the 4G like, on my yeah. phone. <laughs> yeah, they've been told to to deal with it. Uh, and not call it 5G because yeah. it's it's not even close to the technology that's coming with 5G. But that tech, as has been borne out by multiple tech reviewers that have said, hey, hey we're going to take our 5G phone, we're going to go to a 5G city, and we're going to see what it's like. And universally, they all go and go, oh, yeah, it's cool when it works, but mostly it doesn't work. Whatever I stand Major behind this problem. tree over here, it yeah, I mean, stopped you've, working. You've got to think of what's going to happen with 5G, and I'm not going to talk long about this, but... It's millimeter wave, so we're talking super, super high-frequency waveform. Well, waves that are high-frequency don't penetrate anything. So just as um, LTE towers are out right now, like 
Sprint, for instance, I used to work for them, so I know their frequency. So they have 2,500 megahertz that they had from back when they did YMAX versus when YMAX might have been the LTE. They were fighting with each other. LTE won. You might need to go look up YMAX. YMAX went away, but they still maintain that 2,500 spectrum. Well, what Sprint did and what everybody does now at this point, Sprint did it first, I think, and everybody else has adopted this, is they said, hey, we're going to push LTE out over multiple bands. So 2,500, and I think Sprint has 1,900, 1,700, uh, and then like a 700 uh, spectrum, whatever. The lower that number gets, the better it penetrates, the farther it reaches. So think AM versus FM. Mm-hmm. FM tends to be a little flaky, whereas AM, you're like, man, I'm, I'm tuning in something from 400 miles away. Sounds kind of like garbage because the the uh, ability to carry data over those, think about waves traveling at less frequency or less, uh, they're, they're shorter. Um, so they penetrate, they go far, they go through things, no big deal, but they can't carry as much data. So the issue becomes trying to uh, handle your bandwidth and your penetration versus your speed and your what you can cap that data out at. So 2,500 megahertz like Sprint had, you walked outside and got hooked up to that thing, there's no cap. You can't fit enough people in a square mile that would ever cap the data out of that. Like everybody can be on and it's fine. You go down to that 600 megahertz spectrum or 700 megahertz where like Verizon and I think 600 is what uh, um, T-Mobile is rolling out now. You get into that spectrum, people will walk inside and they're like, cool, I'm connected. But you might have 15 people in one space and that's too much already because there's no, there's the bandwidth limitations are, are low. So now carriers are all doing this thing where your phone is smart enough to pick the highest possible frequency you can get a hold of. Same thing with Wi-Fi, 5 gigahertz versus 2.4 gigahertz. Mm-hmm. All the same things apply. 5 is faster, less reliable, as farther you get from the modem. And so you're always dancing around this whole thing of, you know, I want higher bandwidth possibility versus the ability to get through walls and stuff. Well, the millimeter wave with 5G is that times like 100. It is terrible at penetrating. Like to the point, like people have shown it, they're facing the tower where there's a direct line of sight between this little 5G node and their phone. They just turn around. Their body is enough to knock the signal right. in half. Get behind a tree, gone. Walk around a corner, gone. So you have to think inside like, a building, right? In, into your office, like yeah. So the, it's not going to be tomorrow. Like they can't just update towers with 5G. Like there's going to be some differences in what they put on towers, sure. And 5G will always kind of work in hand in hand with. LTE to, to kind of get some of those things where well, no 5G nodes are hitting you. Your phone will always have 4G to back up to. But think about the amount of infrastructure that's going to have to happen for those nodes to be around enough. to like it, it, It's mind-boggling to me. And, and so people that are even thinking about buying all, I'm saying all of those things, all that technical stuff. If your eyes glazed over and you're not listening anymore, listen now. If you're thinking about buying a 5G phone because you think you're going to take advantage of 5g don't right now it's it's a stupid investment at this point in the game it, it makes zero sense it's like buying a phone with uh, augmented reality that doesn't even exist yet like this phone will work with augmented reality glasses that might be coming in the future at some point like oh okay well that'll be neat when they show up well by the time they show up you're probably gonna have a new phone so buying a 5g phone right now makes little to like no sense well, and there, there, there might be like 10 yeah. people that it like i live and i there's a note outside my window where it can perfectly hit it and you know like 
the, the use cases are so limited. I mean, a, a percentage of a percent should buy a 5G phone right now. And battery life's terrible on them right now. They burn. Th- like, there's just, it's the same thing that happened with LTE. When they first came out, it was like, everybody's like, yeah, let me get an LTE phone. And it didn't do anything different. Like, you spent most of your time on 3G. You spent extra money to buy a phone you don't need. And you're going to upgrade to a better LTE phone when down the ready. road yeah. when it's actually ready. <laughs> yeah. So the same thing's going to happen now. You buy that new 5G phone, you spend extra money on it, you have terrible battery life, you never get to use 5G except every once in a while, and then by the time it shows up and you can actually use it, you're ready to upgrade your phone. So I, don't do that right and, now. And there were rumors of a 5G iPhone, and it didn't show up. Right, and my guess and is Apple's probably like, there's <laughs> right. no point yeah. in doing so this right now. So even if there are rumors and like maybe this source dug up something maybe where, you know, Pixel 4 was maybe they were thinking about it. but They like could have tested it. Yeah, they could have tested it. They were, they were maybe testing out those bands or whatever. Uh, who knows? But I just highly, highly doubt or, we're Or, you know, it. in six months they release one. I don't think 5G is going to be even close to ready in six months. Yeah, I, I think, think we're years. We're two, three years yeah. out. From realistically needing to buy a yeah, 5G so you, phone. You're talking Pixel 6 before it's even relevant, probably. Probably, for most people. Uh, yeah. And that's not a knock to 5G. It's not a knock to, it's not a knock to anything. Because part of this is just marketing. They've got to get the message out. They've got to let people know, like, hey, you know, 5G's a thing. And you need to be on the lookout for it. Because once it is ubiquitous and most people have access to it, at least when you're in, you know, more congested areas, like it, it will be an absolute game changer. Like, the, the speeds the, the, that people uh, are getting on it once yeah, so, once it's available everywhere, it's insane. Yeah. So ju- just to clarify, I was incorrect. Joe's right. That Apple's i this is from the Verge. Apple's iPhone 11 does not have 5G because 5G isn't ready for the iPhone. That sums okay. it up. Yeah. That's, that's, that's true. exactly what it is. Um, and, and or any other phone. And Google for that could matter. come out and say, "Yeah, we've got a 5G version. If you want to pay extra, what I'm telling you right now is, if you're listening to this, don't buy it. Yeah, like, it's not worth it. It is just part of probably carriers working with manufacturers to say, "Hey, will you please just make a 5G phone? So we can start. It working doesn't even on. have to be good. Yeah. We need stuff to test with. We need a handful of people out in the market using it. And ultimately, we just need people hearing 5G over and over again. We need people to know that it's coming, and overall to learn." Like, I think people are savvy enough in general to understand that 5G is going to be better than 4G. But I think it ends there for most people. Like, they have no idea what millimeter waves are. They have no idea what what that kind of frequency, why it would behave that way. So most people would get 5G phone and be like, oh, cool, I'm on 5G. And then, why, why does it keep dropping? My phone's why broken. Why going to LTE? It's not working. What, you know? so, why is it doing this? Yeah. And so that's why it's not even close to ready for prime time yet. And that's okay. It, it takes time for infrastructures like this to get built. Uh, 5G is going to eventually be a game-changing thing. I mean, you're going to be able to put a, a receiver on, probably on the outside of your house and yeah. route in 5G and AT&T and Verizon and, it'll, it'll and be T-Mobile your internet. are going to be, be your home your, internet It'll be providers. your Wi-Fi. It'll be on your phone. Yep. It'll be what's, what provides internet to you. Yeah, because once you, once you catch that millimeter wave and get it onto something that you could wire into a router or something like that, boom, then you you're have gigabit. I like it. You have even larger than gigabit uh, on most of these tests. I mean, right. these people are pulling oh, like 1,800 megs down. Yeah. So you could take a node on the outside of your house, run that into your house, right. and, and as long as that node had a clear signal to get right. the 5G. Then you, have, then you just yeah, bring then it in. Once it's on the wire, because, it's... Because yeah, then you bring it into the house, and then you're spreading it through your house with yeah. your Google Wi-Fi. Yeah, so you cat, just right. imagine a Cat5 cable coming in oh. off of that node, hooking into your Google Wi-Fi, boom, done. Um, then you it's have your no internet. different than bringing in, um, you know, if if you go get uh, high speed internet right now, gig internet, they're going to bring a 
fiber optic connection via cat five into your home. That's what, and that's what you're going to like. That's what you have at home. It's what we have here in the office. Now that's what will come in off the line. One, just cut the line off and your node now becomes a wireless receiver for that done, which means eventually, you know, your, your little pocket routers or your phone's ability to be a hotspot, all of those things, like you buy internet service instead of I have my home internet service and I've got my phone internet service. Like, it's one and you, the same. You're going to go eventually. to T-Mobile and be like, I want service. I want 5G and I'd like it unlimited. And then you just buy the devices that can leverage that right. 5G in the right way. Um, yeah. And kudos to Xfinity because they look like they're ahead of that curve. They're trying to get their fingers into everything. That way, yeah. whenever this universal the internet thing happens, they're there. Um, yeah. I just spoke with a friend of mine who yeah. works for Xfinity and yeah, he was telling me they have cool. phone plans. And I was like, Oh, really? I didn't, I didn't even know that that oh, was a that thing. Yeah, I knew they had phones because they so, tried to sell me one last time I was yeah, in so there. They, Comcast Xfinity yeah. is a MVNO of Verizon. So uh, they basically sell you Verizon's LTE while you're out and about. But if you're in a town that bigger towns have Xfinity Wi-Fi nodes everywhere, our town is actually, they're outfitting it with it right now. So all around our town will be Xfinity Wi-Fi nodes that your Xfinity phone would just automatically see. So you can either like pay you for... Like log in? No. You can pay for um, internet that's unlimited, I think, for 50 bucks or 60 yeah. bucks a month or whatever, or you can pay per gig. You pay per gig only on stuff you use that gets on the LTE network. So while we're running around Elizabethtown and the, all those Wi-Fi nodes are there, your phone's just going to hop on those and use their high-speed internet access anywhere you are. And then on the interstate or whatever, you'll hop on LTE and then you get to say Louisville and they have Xfinity Wi-Fi nodes everywhere. Well, it's the, it's the exact same idea as 5g. Basically they're just doing it with existing technology that's already out. And so ostensibly you could pay for, you only pay for what you use. So I want a one gig plan, 20 something dollars a month. And if you're most times in a place where Xfinity Wi-Fi's nodes are, that's all you would use because you're always technically on Wi-Fi. Now, would uh, that include existing? Because, you know, like we have the gateways that have the guest. I have mine turned off because right. I don't like people jumping out. Will that yeah. include that? Is that uh, yeah. part Those, of it? Okay. So anybody that basically has the Xfinity Wi-Fi router thing a, a lot of those get set up i can't remember now because i haven't used one of those it's on by default yeah on so mine, but. what happens like you're walking through your neighborhood um if you're an xfinity customer and you have the app on your phone set up to look for those everyone's wi-fi becomes a wi-fi hotspot for you to use now you would not route through their their particular ip it reroutes through something else so yeah, you're not it's, you're it's not technically the, on their network like but, a guest router essentially yeah yeah but all of that to say like they're clearly getting themselves ready for that inevitable future like they clearly see the writing on the wall that instead of it being them and time or warner or whatever yeah. uh you know the, the, the <laughs> other guys yeah the other cable companies fighting with each other and then all the wireless guys fighting with each other they're all going to fight with each other. Spectrum uh, has been offering mobile stuff for a little yeah. while now. Man, and, I, and I wondered, I was like, why are yeah. they doing that? But now it's exactly why they're doing that. How, how cool would it have been if Google, and maybe they will do this, but how cool would it have been if Google Fiber and some of what they were doing there would tie into this and with Google Fi, their phone service? Would have made way. a lot of sense, wouldn't it? Yeah. Man, that would have that made sense. 
Darn yeah. it. Hey, they, uh, Google, if anyone if anyone from Google is listening, we want royalties on that if you, yeah. end, up, if you end up doing that. Yeah. I, I think <laughs> you know, since Google, Louisville, you know, you guys aren't man. there anymore if you want to come south about 45 miles. Yeah. <laughs> I just wonder if, if Google Fiber is probably, I, I don't even know if they're still expanding the way that they once were or I what, heard what any, exactly they're doing. Like, I haven't heard anything about it other than them leaving Louisville. Yeah, so. it makes it makes a whole lot more sense to approach everything. I think from a wireless standpoint, I, mean, I know putting up five G nodes is going to be a pain in the butt. Don't get me wrong; like that's not going to be easy. It's going to be a whole heck of a lot easier than running cables uh, and dealing with oh, yeah. fiber optic and, cable and dealing everywhere with, with easements and trying to put cable uh, you know into people's. Yeah. Oh my gosh! Like it, that was that was part of the reason it didn't it succeed mess. here uh, where we're from. Is yeah, cause I mean you just go around they and ran offer into, people x amount of dollars to slap. A, I mean we still have there's a WiMAX over here, isn't there? Yeah, yeah we've got an old WiMAX antenna on one of the, some of the buildings down down here. Yeah, slap yeah. up some five G nodes and <laughs> call. Yeah, it I don't a know day. how they're going to deal with that or how that's going to all roll out, but eventually it's going to happen. Like they've clearly seen here's a business model. Here's how we're going to make it work. Cause they're marketing the heck out of it now. So like all of the, the wireless guys are, so they're going to impede into that home wireless, like 100% that's going to happen. And so how that's going to end up affecting the way that all of it works. Gosh, who knows? It's, yeah. it's going to be, I think five years from now, we're going to look back and be like, remember when we had like phone plans and then like a home internet plan. Then we had one at the office. Like that was weird. Wasn't it? Yeah. Versus like if, cause think about it. If you had, unlimited everything and unlimited you just paid one bill for just your internet like why wouldn't you just use your hotspot all the time yeah if it's fast enough yeah, yeah. or yeah. just add another device to your plan or whatever yeah. like give me or there's like the or... little node on your house or whatever you know, right. it's just all it works yeah yeah so yeah. I, I think it's going to be a game-changing technology but uh, it's not coming to the pixel 4 it could be it's just not worth buying don't buy it so not even right, if it does show yet. up i, no I doubt that it'll even show up but even if it does show up don't buy it yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah, don't do that. Yeah, there both of these rumors just—I mean, they take them with a grain of salt. Yeah, exactly. it'd be awesome if they were real. Yeah. But I would love to watch. I'd be cool to see a bungee phone. But yeah, whatever. All right, folks, we are going to take a quick break, and we will be right back. This podcast is brought to you by NordVPN. We recommend the service, and we use NordVPN because they keep your browsing secure and private on any device. Whether you're using a Chromebook, an Android device, a Mac, an iPhone, or a Windows device, NordVPN is going to protect your browsing. They also have 24-7 customer support in case you ever have any issues, and they offer a risk-free 30-day money-back guarantee. So if you want to learn more and maybe give it a try, head over to chromeunbox.com forward slash Nord, N-O-R-D. Welcome back, everybody. Um, we're done talking about... Uh, Milli, mil, what is it called? Millimeter, millimeter waves. waves. Mil, waves. I was going to say millawaves. <laughs> I don't like, think that's like thing. microwaves. Yeah, it's like millawaves instead. Yeah, we're done talking about that. But that that is interesting. It's something that I think like not a lot of people understand. I I mean, you've told me about it before, but even still hearing it back, I'm like, yeah, I kind of like it, it's it's a thing that's out there and it powers all of our internet. Uh, Robbie's been explaining all of our it to stuff. me for 10 years. I still yeah. don't understand it. <laughs> but yeah, it's, I mean, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's a radically It's all about amplitude way. and all that. Yeah, it's, <laughs> yeah, it's weird. It's weird. But uh, So we're going to move on from that. We've got some new Chromebooks. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Lots of, lots of new Chromebooks. <laughs> as, yeah. we've, as we've said, uh, as the Coming. year winds up, we're going to just probably be seeing this week in and week out. Yeah. Lots of new devices. Yeah. Interestingly enough, um, a lot of the new devices we're seeing 
shipping specifically uh, right now are not part of this like new wave even so, so, some of them are no, the 433 yeah, yeah, is not uh that would be one of the okay. kind of new waves, yeah. but it's still not. Still okay, be like those. So it's still, yeah, it's still part of so the, the four thirty four. So the family. Asus Chromebook flip. Yeah, no. the C yeah. F- flip C four thirty three. Write that down. Shipping in the UK. Yeah, yeah. Is, is shipping, and that's what they said. Which is it, the cool part about this whole thing with uh, this new Chromebook is that Asus came out, did a press release, said here's what we're going to do with this device. It's going to launch in the UK first. It's going to launch uh, early October. Did all those things. Um, Thank you. So, it's really cool, yeah. by the way, to Thank see a you, UK Asus. first release. Yeah, that is sad for us, but it's awesome for the UK. Yeah, it's just yeah, we've got some readers and and maybe listeners from the UK. Uh, but yeah, to yeah. say cool October, and now we're barely a week into October, and, and there it is. is. No it's, offense it's against other OEMs, but you all are horrible. Take note at launching devices. Just take yeah. note. Yeah, take note. usually it, it, things get promised and don't deliver, and things are late and. Uh, it, all that kind of stuff. So yeah, the 433 launched. Um, so it makes me believe that just like they said in the second half of October, we'll see it here in the States as well. So we're keeping an eye out for that. This is um, an interesting device. I mean, we don't have to hash it all out right now, but it is. Yeah. Uh, we've talked a lot about it, but it's in the flip family. As yeah, they say. <laughs> super similar to the 434 Very. that has been out like really, really similar. So yeah, I'm just not, sure exactly what they're doing with this like where it's going to position itself between the 425 and the 434 because it's so similar right it's not a bunch of plastics and the thing is 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 we 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 viewed the 434 as the successor to the c302 that people love so much but this looks so much more like the c302 this is like the real real spiritual air to yeah. that device we can't but figure out like what like, there's no the real difference <laughs> other than until we get it like weird. once we get one hopefully it'll be clear because a lot of people are positioning it saying it's going to be the cheaper version of the 434 but like it's all aluminum unless the screen's terrible or there's something some, there was something some something we read said the, the bra- gamut oh, the gamut uh, the, the color, color gamut, gamut is significantly um, less but not to the point where you're like oh this thing looks like garbage yeah, it's so still, if it's just as bright and the viewing angles are great. Most people don't care that much about color gamut because most people aren't doing maybe like maybe super Asus is gonna they're gonna take that first leap into hey people want choices. I mean you can go to you can go to Best Buy <laughs> yeah. and buy five different Windows devices that all have the same similar internals, but they look different. They feel different. Maybe they maybe they're jumping on that train i guess it just See, it's it would weird be weird being I, I, so close to its release like it's so right. weird until until we have it yeah. until we can say like hey this we're, is what's different or yeah. better or worse we're, it's just we're gonna so we're gonna get it in we're gonna unbox it we're gonna review it and then what we're gonna do is we're gonna get all three of them and put them all on the table and say like, which look Asus how similar yeah which yeah. one's which which can one's you which tell? yeah 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 which one should you buy because yeah, it is confusing but yeah maybe gabe's right maybe they just they, people just they're trying to give people more options i don't know i don't know um but we've got some we've got some other devices here. I, I want to make I want to get through our list here. Um, we've got an, a new Samsung device, so the Samsung Chromebook Four. Yeah, that's a simple name. Yeah, four. Uh, Isn't that nice? Ah, Isn't that? I'll nice? be darned. It's, yeah, I mean, that's simple. It's weird, like they're not doing strange things with the name. Is and this? It, 
Give me some details on this yeah, thing. Yeah, so it, this is this is their next device in their their budget Chromebook lineup. They've had the Samsung 3's been around for, what, four years now? I yeah, mean, it's one of the, I think it was the second video yeah, Joe and I did. It's been uh, regurgitated, refreshed a little bit, and it's still a really popular budget Chromebook, but it's, it's old, man. It's really old. So we had, I don't even, oh, I was looking through Bluetooth listings a few weeks ago and came across two new Samsung devices, didn't recognize the model numbers. Uh, found a couple oddball listings on some third-party sites of a Chromebook 4 and a Chromebook 4 Plus. This is what was unique about it because the devices themselves aren't that compelling. They're, they're budget Chromebooks powered by... Oh, what, yeah. 100%. What are they? Are they Gemini? Yeah, it's they're Gemini. Gemini Lake, so that, that's not bad. But this is Samsung's... The 4 Plus is Samsung's first 15-inch Chromebook. So they have a 15.6-inch... Full, it's full HD. They have a full HD. Yep. And not touchscreen. Not touchscreen, but 299. Gemini Lake, 4 gigs of RAM. All the stuff you'd expect in a basic budget Chromebook. 32 gigs of storage, 4 gigs of RAM. Uh, what you would consider an Atom processor. But it's 300 bucks and it looks nice. The bezels aren't gross. It, it, as long as it doesn't feel like a cheap garbage bag. Yeah. It, it, I'm a little concerned okay. it will. It's going to be Samsung. It's going to be a little flimsy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but the, the Chromebook 3 was but too. With, and it they sold like they crazy, have so. said it passes eight different military grade yeah, that's tests. True. So it's got to have some sort of rigidity to it. That's true. It has to. So. Yeah, it'll be interesting once these uh, get out and we can get our hands on some and if it's not like that hp you remember that hp we got a long time Ooh, ago man. and you put your finger on the middle of the key deck and it just like you had about a half an inch of flex that's not good because yeah. what's flexing under that is the motherboard yeah. right <laughs> your finger just sinks down yeah. no pressure at all just the weight of my hand was enough to flex it like so yeah, yeah it was, but yeah, the 11.6 inch device it's still a clamshell but it's 229 it's ugly but still 229 bucks and it's kind of a it's it kind of a stray away from what the Chromebook three has been. It's Chromebook three's just been that budget cheap black and these these look like you know, like you wouldn't be embarrassed to have it sitting on your coffee table. Yeah, they went with that know? squared off look. Yeah. Kind of like the C thirty three is like doing the three oh two. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. Uh, cool. You know, we're we're gonna see a lot of that. I mean, Lenovo obviously put out their whole line of, of budget, which those are starting to. Uh, we're gonna write that up today. Um, those are starting to show up on Amazon. Uh, the 15 yeah. inch version of that. So their successors, basically, to the S330 and the C330 from last year that did really well. Um, it's their S s340 and and c340 so convertible and then clamshell 14 inch 11.6 inch um but a little more affordable from what i understand though the the one that showed up on amazon uh there is the the core i3 version yes. of it so my guess is it it's got the number pad and everything so it's going to fall right in line with that hp that 15 inch hp we reviewed mm. uh that had the core i3 four gigs of ram uh, 64, 128 gigs of storage, something like that. Touchscreen, that kind of stuff. Oh, so. I've completely forgot about that. The other un unique thing about the Samsungs, which is what Lenovo and everyone else should do, we, we've always said that core devices should have 8 gigs around, but that's simply because we've never seen a device with 6 oh, gigs around. Right. Yeah. The Samsungs offer a 6 gig option. Right. So, so if Lenovo and these other companies want to do a budgety kind of affordable core device, they need to at least put six gigs of RAM in it. Yeah, and Samsung's so. done that with a with a cheaper device. Like so Core i three, six gigs of RAM, and sixty four gigs of Sweet storage. Sweet spot. Like you know, yeah. if if that saves you there any you money, yeah, it I may mean, not, it I, may not save. It that probably much. doesn't save them much, but it it may help them 
I don't know, be able to offer something that feels like a little more of a savings position. Right. Because I would never, I would never spend money on a device that I was going to keep that had a core processor and only four gigs or right. It's always been the big hang up on the Dell. Dell. Yep. So. Every, it did everything right. If they would have put yeah. eight gigs of RAM in that, that would have been my pick yeah, for probably HP, best Chromebook of yeah, the year as, last year. As far as in that, that especially right now, you can get it for four hundred bucks. The HP yeah. X three sixty is still they're on it with the the internals. Yeah, the internal specs make so sense there. Fix that yeah. hinge. Yeah, you know, i three eight gigs. Like that's what yeah. what it needs. And so what we're seeing now, like with these Samsungs coming in, and um, well, and there's HP's, more ha- there's more hatches that have been announced, right? Uh, well, yeah. That's those are going to be top end. So yeah. that's going to be the more expensive. But I'm saying like in this this era right now where we've got these new samsung entrants we've got the lenovo what's the other group of devices that's in that the, the, the new gemini lakes that were announced uh lower end uh is wow. it um did acer put out some I i'm trying to think think so and maybe i'm just lumping some of the ones from hp that the point is there's going to be a bunch more of these they're they're all based on the baseboard octopus all of them are mm. um and so anything that's a Gemini Lake type device. And so we're going to see tons and tons of these types of devices coming. All that's going to do is the same thing that all the NAMI devices did last year. They're going to compete with each other. Prices are going to drive down. So unless you need a Chromebook right now, one of these new lower end ones meet your specification requirements and you need it now, um, it's obviously going to be wise to wait a few weeks. Um, As the more of these roll out and get into market, like with the Samsung, you said, uh, what, 229 I think, starting yeah, price on it? Yeah, 299 That thing will be $150 in a month. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe two yeah. months or yeah. something, like because they're all going to have to compete with each other. Yeah. And so, whereas the Samsung Chromebook 3 launched, and there wasn't a ton of stuff in that kind of price bracket, it's loaded with it now. So, uh, it'll be fun come, yeah. come holiday it, season. Like, when people are going, man, I want a $200 Chromebook. Like, hold on. <laughs> well, let me get the Rolodex out. Yeah, like, exactly. Oh, and, you, and you were right. <laughs> what all do you was need? that group of Acers that came out, like, 314 yeah. and stuff. They're Gemini yep. as well. Yeah, okay. So, and so... And, yeah, and so. so yeah, I mean, it's like you've got it, what, like what I was saying with the hash stuff. It's like you've got all these, you've got all these budget Chromebooks now, but now you're getting like it's just a massive range of Chromebooks Gosh, now that are yes. just going to be available. You're going to have these high end hatch devices, and we've got six six more that you all have found, you know, and and you're going to have just options, right? Which is good oh, for consumers. Yeah. And like you said, as all of these Chromebooks in these kind of different price brackets start kind of competing with each other driving the price down for the consumer yeah and the the cool part is we're starting even on the entry level ones these lower end ones we're seeing better stuff like full hd screens and again we're gonna have to get them and test them to see what they actually right. look like so i'm not expecting 300 nit screens that look amazing but you know if we can get like 220 240 nit screens that don't look terrible and yeah it's a plastic build but the trackpad's not too bad and the keyboard feels okay it's like it's really cool to think that we'll have multiple options in that two hundred to two hundred fifty dollar range to be able to say, yeah, you know, this is a because Chromebooks occupied a space for a long time where Windows didn't get to, so you could get a a, a really great Chromebook for three or four hundred dollars, and there was just nothing in the Windows space. Well, Windows is you know manufacturers are working on getting Chromebook or getting Windows devices down into those types of price categories, and so the argument is less clear than it used to be now. It's not like, oh, well, you buy this and it's cheaper. Uh, that's They lost that in the consumer space, and it feels like now they're coming back to, to retake that that space again as, hey, yeah, there are nice Chromebooks. If, if you're into Chrome OS and you want a nice Chromebook, great. That's But we need step stones for right. people to go, well, I, I wasn't going to try a Chromebook, but 
200 bucks Why i'll not? give it a shot and then they get into the ecosystem and go this is awesome i really want this, i want to like, stay I want a here metal, i want all metal device, something yeah. that's nice nicer yeah. and, and, yeah. and that's that's how you step people into an ecosystem you don't go hey forfeit everything you knew about computing and come to this new thing also spend 600 dollars to do so like that's yeah. that's a Too much bigger a step than entry. most people yeah. uh, and and the cool part is this year this time last year we had tons of um, cheaper made Chromebooks with uh, Apollo-like processors in them, but most of them were geared towards education. And they, they were walk still into Best like four hundred something bucks yeah, too, because they had to have all the mil specs, spill yeah. resistance, and yeah, you know, blah blah blah, all that crap. And they were being angled at schools, and so and they didn't. They look knew great. that they were going <laughs> to to sell these things in bulk, and they were going to sell five hundred at a time. So then they'd go to the school and be like, "Yeah, we'll knock it down to this price." But what consumers saw was. You're telling me you want me to buy an Apollo Lake computer with four gigs of RAM, a terrible screen, a questionable trackpad? Yeah, it's it can stand up to me throwing it across the room. Great, for four five hundred dollars, like I, that's weird. I don't want that, but that's all going away. Like, sure, there's still education Chromebooks, but there's tons of these coming to the consumer market now that look like consumer computers. Oh people, yeah, people people don't want you know rubby rubber baby bumpers all over their computer honestly most people don't like yeah i want it to survive if i drop it that, that would be nice yeah, but like this that's not really yeah, what i'm spending my money Samsung, on the 15 inch one if it's as durable as they say it is it'll probably be the next device for my kids and it I looks mean, and it looks it's a it bigger looks screen good. it's full hd yeah. you know my, my daughter's getting more and more into you know online educational stuff and whatever and We've got an 11.6 inch device now, and getting something bigger that's still durable for yeah. 299 bucks because the one we have now is durable, but it costs yeah. 340 dollars. And if know? that right. price comes down to 250, 200 bucks, I, I'm telling you, dude, it's a no brainer. Yeah. 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 I think the the price range we're going to see most of these Gemini like Chromebooks in general is going to be between 150 and 250 dollars. Yeah. That's where we're going to sit. And, and to and to get a, a device that's it's going to feel very fast. So capable. It's going to be a very capable device. Yes. Like For that amount of money, that amount it's of ridiculous. Money, it's, 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 it's insane. Yeah. And I think it, it becomes the stepping stool for people to start adopting the platform. Um, it, Switch it, to Chromebook. It's the thing for adults <laughs> that are seeing their kids use their Chromebook, and they're like, yeah. oh, I need one at home, or maybe yeah. I'll try one. Yeah. This is a much easier and lower barrier to entry for most people to jump in and be like, Oh cool. And then they try it. And like we just said, they try it and go, I I'm ready to, for this to be my platform. Uh, this is how I like computing. Oh, but there's that much nicer one with a better screen and all those things and fun stuff that it can do. Cool. Now I'm, I can see spending money on that versus I don't even know anything about this platform. I'm not going to spend five, $600, yeah. but yeah. in the five and $600 range, these hatch Chromebooks that we're talking Boom. about, I mean, the variation on them is going to be awesome too, because I mean we're talking ones with and without touchscreens, one with and without convertibles, ones with and without pens and backlit yeah. keyboards, and like all the bells sensors, and whistles are all, all there. That, yeah, it's just a matter of the manufacturer but, going, yeah, how many bells and whistles do I want to put in, and right. how high do I want to make the price? Because for the first time again, they're going to have to really be thinking through how do we enter this into a market where there's not two or three competitors now, where there's probably going to be twenty competitors, and not just because the last year's Chromebooks are still pretty awesome. So they're going to be around too. Yeah. So And the prices like, will probably oh be my dropping. Gosh, yeah. We're going to see all of last year's Chromebooks <laughs> yeah. that are still great devices to buy right now that I wouldn't hesitate, especially if they start extending these end-of-life policies out a yes. few more years. No brainer. Like, yeah, go get the Dell Chromebook or go get the C630 or go get, you know, the HP X360. Like, they're still great Chromebooks. Yeah, I mean, like, springtime rolls around them. and you can buy a Core i5 8th Gen Chromebook for 
450 bucks as right. opposed to a 10th gen or whatever gen we're on now right for a thousand and the end of life goes out to seven years i'm gonna tell you to buy the the cheaper one all day yeah if and, i buy a spin 13 for like 550 dollars and that gives us all these levels of, of people, different entry levels, basically, yeah, instead then, of it being super expensive ones and dirt cheap ones. And there's nothing really in between unless something goes on sale. Like it's going to be a constant thing that those are going to be around all the time. And it just makes it so much easier to recommend Chromebooks because you can ask somebody what they're looking for, what they want. Oh, well, now you've got three options, four, within, options within that of, thing that you want. Right. right. You've got options. Right. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Uh, one other one other quick one that I had written down here, and I'm going to try to say the name. Uh, the HP oh Chromebook X360 14E E G1. E G1. Yeah, before, that's it. Before we move on to that, though, I did want to mention uh, what Gabe uncovered. So just so if you get into tracking these devices, those two new hatch devices are... Dratini. Dratini and Dragonair. Dragonair. For the, for the hardcore Pokemon. Pokemons. Yeah, um, so. so four variants of Dratini, two variants of Dragonair, or am I backwards there? Yeah, you're right. Yeah. So and four Dragonair variants. looks to be the convertible. Yeah, Dragonair's the, the convertibles. Okay. So you'll have, I think the only difference between those two is fingerprint sensor on one and not on the other. Yeah. So, and then the clamshell. So a couple got, of them have, do and don't have pins. And Yeah. So then with the clamshell, you've got touch or non-touch, and you've got one with a fingerprint sensor, one that doesn't. So, so that's you're adding, looking at two devices, but six variants total. Right. So. so we're talking two more boards to add to Hatch, which already had seven yeah. prior to this. So we're approaching 10 standard variations, so board variations, which the, each of those have multiple uh, variations different, in and yeah. of themselves. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it's so easily over a dozen new new devices um, that we honestly could see at any moment. Yeah. Like the the board development is so far along at this point. Like when a new a new manufacturer comes on and says, "Yeah, we want to make one of these." If they've got a chassis that works with it, the board is already hooked up and ready. Kind of like most of the testing is done and ready to go. So the the just like we saw really late into the game, some some boards that were either Nami based or, or Ramus, for yeah. instance, which is the C four thirty four's base. Um, we saw the the C four twenty five and the uh, the four thirty three show up quick, like and develop. And, yeah, because they were like, already built. They yeah, were already the made. done already. Yeah. So like all the all the hard work's already done. So it's not saying that this is all we'll see of Hatch. Like this is, but this is already telling us. And whereas Nami had like four or five. Like we're double what what that what happened with Nami and and right. the development cycle looks exactly the same. So Nami that that bred the Lenovo C630, the HP X360, Dell 4, you know all those devices in that category, like the same thing. Like the development cycle looks exactly the same from a time standpoint. So I look back, we started seeing Nami devices show up December one. It was our first review of a Nami. Like we had device. it in the office. Mm-hmm. Like yeah, we had it, had reviewed yeah. it, or it was first unboxing. It was December one, and I remember being behind on it because we had done something else. Uh, we went somewhere, did something, and we had gotten a little behind on them. So mid to late November, I expect to start seeing the absolute floodgates open with all the hatch devices starting right. to show up all over the place. That's to say nothing nothing of the massive amount of um, uh, media tech devices that we know tablets detachables that they're doing some cool stuff with those that are pretty far along in development so no and reason those don't show up someday the magic Qualcomm. Qualcomm that the the fleet of devices we've yeah. been told are going to come and I think that starts with a three to five device kind of thing but if the 
new Surface Pro X is anything to go oh, by. Lord. Man, <laughs> uh, Qualcomm powered Chromebook detachable devices are going to be real sweet. So all of those things, I mean, in the next three to four months, um, hopefully just for the manufacturers honestly they get them out before you know christmas you know you can't be launching new chromebooks a week before christmas and expect to compete in this space right for for the end of the year like they need to get them out by late november but uh, that still gives them a full another month and a half or so before and and i look back and all of those nami devices stuff all just kind of plopped on i'm right calling the these the latest two i'm calling though I, I, just a gut feeling i'm saying acer because acer has been traditionally doing a spring hardware event yeah. that we usually go to i'm saying these are going to be acer and they're going to yeah. have a they're going to have a little fleet for us next nice spring line, when we head to a line York of or wherever. i can yeah. completely see that with acer because their their pattern seems to go off of what they don't, I don't think that they release Chromebooks based on Christmas and all that kind of stuff. No. So they get their Chromebook out, and then it comes out in early fall, and you know the the Chromebooks that they're going to have on the market are, are already out. That being said, we don't have a new like top line Acer Chromebook. The right. 714 and 715 were are very much enterprise geared, and they're they're out there. But th- to me, they don't take the place of the Spin 13 as a device. No, and not so, at all. We don't really have like a flagship Acer out right now, so it wouldn't surprise me to see them drop at least one of these a little early, maybe. Be nice. Um, but it may be till March when we head up to New York for their event, assuming yeah. we get invited again and go. Yeah, exactly. So what what is there to say about this this HP with the terrible name? Um, you I'll probably like, aren't going to want to pay for it. Yeah. No, it, it, it basically is HP's choice to kind of get in, involved in this Chrome Enterprise thing. We're not enterprise guys. We don't work in that environment. I'm not an IT person, so there's a lot I don't fully understand or probably grasp about the implications of what Chrome OS is doing for enterprise IT right. guys. The like cloud the infrastructure and all the stuff that they're doing, because these aren't new devices. The no. G, the G1 has been out for a while, and we got it, didn't we? Oh, yeah, we doing, reviewed it. So it's just a all it is is an enterprise-focused device. Well, these are now Chrome Enterprise devices. So you have the 14, and then you have the AMD 14, and then you have the Chromebox, their G2 Chromebox. We've reviewed all three of yeah, these we, things. Yeah, we've had all of these. They're not new. They are offering a few extra internals, like up to i7 or whatever, but these will come with the Chrome Enterprise upgrade, which just means they get the management console built in or license built in, and then you'll have access to things like with what Dell's doing with VMware. It's all tools to help companies integrate with the cloud and use multi-OS systems and everything. So these probably aren't devices that you're going to hop on HP's website and be like, oh, yeah, I'm going to drop $2,500 on one of these because that's probably what they're going to cost. Yeah, and, and that's like we just unboxed the Dell, uh, the Latitude 5300 uh, that is a Chromebook Enterprise device. It's got a lot of things that are different about it. I'm just a day into using it. The keyboard's different. Feels more like a Windows laptop, honestly. It's got two buttons on its mouse, and there's just some weird stuff that it does. And all of those things, like Gabe said, are are geared towards helping uh, enterprise IT professionals do what they need to do to deploy fleets of devices. And so, in the end, they want devices that work well um, and cleanly and securely with whatever their enterprise solution may be. But everyone is seeing the value in getting their people unified by cloud computing and chrome os obviously for obvious reasons 
sits in a place to leverage that to right. the fullest extent. Like it's it's just built with that in mind from an infrastructure standpoint. So these IT IT guys are probably chomping at the bit to be able to deploy these types of devices that they can leverage the control they need over that device without jumping through all the hoops that other OSs present. And so that's worth money to business professionals because they can go and sell this thing and say, hey, your IT guy can now cut out all this time he spends and wastes doing all this stuff. All that's gone. And so, yeah, you're going to spend a little bit more money on this than you would a standard Chromebook that does all the same things from a consumer standpoint. But for the IT professional and the enterprise, it's doing all sorts of things that make it right. worth for the money. Fluidity, security, yep. updates, all of that mm-hmm. to be able to manage that from the IT side. And you never have to worry about bringing your fleets back in to upgrade them or anything like that. And then all of your guys in the field and all of your employees instantly have access to legacy apps using VMware or whatever yep. other virtual machines. All of those platforms will work integrated on the cloud via Chrome OS. It's just clean and easier for them so it's worth the extra money yeah it is so but we're reviewing these things from a consumer standpoint because our readers our listeners our viewers are general consumers like that's that's our audience Uh, and that's not to knock or take anything away from the enterprise groups of people like uh, those things are legitimate but because we don't have a ton of experience in those realms like we can't really speak to those things and say oh yeah when i set up blah 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 vmware through dell like we don't, we don't have any of that stuff. Right. And so as a consumer, I'm logged into this thing and going, yeah, I mean, this this Chromebook's nice, and it feels really good, and it looks good, and yeah, it's it's a great Chromebook. Is it worth the $1,500 asking price? No. Right. Because no, from, my, sta- yeah, cause no from my standpoint, if I'm just picking, I'm going with the HP because it looks better in my opinion right. it, it doesn't have the blue deck like the consumer model does but it looks you know it looks more like what i'm used to but from an it standpoint i don't know i mean dell's got their own little v they own vmware so they've right. got that platform built in so we just we can't speak to those things we're not no. we're not qualified for that and we wouldn't we wouldn't expect you to buy anything based on what we say so but there are consumers who are looking at this thinking hey this is an expensive chromebook and there are a handful of consumers out there that want they just want the but, best thing yeah they want the best absolute best thing and a lot of times price dictates those opinions like that costs more it has to be better <laughs> um, I don't maybe think, not the yeah case. I don't think that's going to be the case necessarily here and it's again I'm not taking anything away this is a very nice Chromebook um, it's a nice laptop but if you've ever used a Dell Latitude laptop that's that's what this that's is. Pretty much it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Dell even said they used ninety percent of, of the, the chassis. Yeah, of the, so. and it looks like it. I'm yeah. sitting here not looking at the logo. It looks like a Windows device. Yeah, and it's again, it's fine. But I want to review this and talk about these devices, these Chrome Enterprise devices, as they come out, from a perspective of our readers, our listeners, our viewers, and say. Is this something you should go spend your money on? And I can go ahead and firmly tell you right now. Um, I haven't even spent more than a day with this. I can tell you. If you listen to this and like, well, yeah, please tell me. That, should I buy that? No. Um, unless maybe LTE is a, a huge win. There's not a lot of Chromebooks with LTE in them. You can but, slap a but, card in this. But, but we need to test that to see if it even works with just like a regular L- LTE right. card. Yeah. So <laughs> there's, some, there's some things that need to be tested. But, uh, you know, it's rugged. And yeah. I think you can use a replace. I think the RAM and the SD card are replaceable. We might we might pop it open, possibly just to take I a look. I can't get past that proprietary charger. So yeah, it's I'm, got a barrel I'm, charger. I'm like, all, some I'm all that are just in so on USB-C. It'll just, charge USB-C. It will charge. It's a power. Oh, but, okay. but then you're taking up your USB-C. Yeah, you only have one USB-C. Yeah, so, I mean, there's some stuff that's on here that is for sure legacy. <laughs> and, again, so for, for consumers, like, 
is this the right fit for you? Probably not, but that's not the audience for this thing anyway. But for us, it's not about figuring out, hey, IT professionals, come check our channel out. We'll tell you how to do your job. I don't know how to do your job. No. I can tell (laughs) consumers, though, that are thinking, like, maybe this would be a good Chromebook. Maybe this would be awesome. Temper your expectations on these Chromebook Enterprise devices. Like, it's it's a bit of a different beast. No different than, like, the, the the education sector is just... We talk about Chromebooks a little differently uh, in those scenarios because it standing up to five years of abuse from a kid is more important than it having great viewing angles on the screen. So, like those things, we got to keep kind of separated. So that's that's what HP's done here. That's the move. They're just getting existing devices updated in a way that they can fit into the Chrome Enterprise thing and kind of throw their hat in that ring. Yeah, lots of lots of new devices. So much device. So many devices. So much devices. So much devices. So much devices. <laughs> we didn't even get to your haiku. We'll save it for next time. Well, Robbie wrote a haiku. I wrote but, a haiku. <laughs> <laughs> so, folks, thanks so much for listening. As always, you can find uh, more information about all of this stuff and all of these devices that are coming out over at ChromeUnbox.com and on social media at ChromeUnbox. But thanks so much for listening this week, and we will catch you all next time. Hey guys, thanks for tuning in. You can find show notes over at chromeunbox.com forward slash podcast. And if you want to stay up to date with everything that's happening in the world of Chrome and Chrome OS, make sure to check out our website, chromeunboxed.com and follow us on social media by searching for at Chrome Unboxed. Thanks again for listening and we'll see you next time.